Hi, I'm Danny Klein Modisette, and this is the Afterbirth Podcast, featuring real stories about raising kids that you're not going to read in a parenting magazine. Here's a story from Courtney Kemp Agbo, a supervising producer for CBS's The Good Wife. It's called An Open Letter to My Breasts, and it was recorded at the M Bar in Hollywood, California in 2011. Welcome, Courtney Kemp Agbo. Hey, everybody. Um, uh, I'm Courtney Kemp Agbo. I'm not an actor or a performer. I'm a writer. I like to be behind the scenes, but I love Danny. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yay. All right, so I was saying I'm not an actor or performer, but uh, I love Danny and I love public schools, so here I am. And uh, this is an open letter to my breasts. (laughs) Dear breasts, what the hell has happened to us? We had such a good relationship for so long. Okay, maybe not at first. In my youth, I cursed you for your tiny size, so tiny that my now husband, when he first saw you, actually thought I was lying when I said I was 18. But you got bigger when I went on the pill, and I think we, all four of us, one, two, three, four. Uh, got along remarkably well, you and your padded bras or no bra at all. Him thrilled with your perkiness and your round, firm shape, and me happy that everyone was happy. Brian, in fact, that's my husband's name, was so happy with you that he would forsake all other sets, and I maxed out a credit card to wrap you guys in white satin Vera Wang. You held up your strapless end of the bargain, and we all settled into wedded bliss. And then I had to fuck it all up by getting pregnant. First of all, you hurt like hell all the time, and you didn't even get bigger. (laughs) A friend who got pregnant along with me, not by the same man, (laughs) thank you very much, her boobs got so big that they were actually the size of her head. I am not exaggerating. Like a cup size past F or so. She and her husband referred to them as jugs. But not you, you. You stayed exactly the same, but for the heat coming off of you, like two mini radiators dispatched as a hug warmer for anyone who could manage to get their arms around me. Uh, I used to like it when Brian touched you, but now I couldn't move out of his arms reach fast enough. Please, please don't touch me. I would think hearing his car pull into the driveway after work. (laughs) Please, God, just leave me alone in the inescapable prison of my pregnancy. But no luck. Boobs for a man are simply too hard to ignore. So I would hide my grimace as he greeted you as he always did, as he always did, uh, like separate entities. And titties, they were. Uh, He couldn't help himself and I hated to disappoint him, knowing that these were his last months of sole possession before the great herself would exercise her right of prima nocta. (laughs) And every nocta thereafter. When my daughter Charlie arrived, pale and screaming with a full afro, she was already hungry. They lifted her out of me and I said, whose white baby is that? Because she looked Italian or Greek or Jewish, anything but mine. But it was immediately clear she was mine because like mommy, her hunger was insatiable. And she wasn't having that colostrum bullshit. For those of you who don't know, colostrum is the rich, thick milk a woman produces right after birth before the real breast milk comes in. You poor, poor things, you did your best, but colostrum was not enough for Charlie, and she wouldn't deeply latch at first, demoralizing every lactation consultant and nurse who came into my room. 
And I know, I know, I used to be selective with who could touch you. But even the clumsiest gropings from that 15-year-old at YMCA camp couldn't compare with a parade of grown women and unfortunately men who tried and failed with varying amounts of force to get you and Charlie to get along. <laughs> it was the hardest, most painful, confusing time ever. My in-laws arrived with my mother the week after Charlie was born. Black folks of that generation are stubborn, hardened by years of abuse and ungrateful children who never had to march for anything. <laughs> Neither my mother nor my mother-in-law breastfed. And when they saw how hard it was for me, they encouraged me to stop. My mother-in-law, in fact, was aggressive about it as she watched me with a disapproving, almost nauseated look on her face. How long do you think you're gonna be able to keep doing this, she said. When I asked her to stop discouraging me, she said, just ignore me, as if. I wanted to kill her, but I was too busy trying to get Charlie to drain every drop you tiny, tiny things would produce. My mother didn't understand postpartum depression and kept thinking I would be happy being a new mother if I would just give up breastfeeding. Never mind my feeling like a total failure caring for this screaming, spewing, eight-pound tyrant who doesn't speak English. Mom would look at me trying to latch Charlie on and she'd say, you don't have to breastfeed, she Southern, repeatedly. I finally told both women that I wanted better for my child than I had. <laughs> and that shaming finally worked to shut them up. So I bought a raft of clothing designed to expose one or both of you at any given moment. Tank tops, bras, pajamas. And let me just say, thank God teenage boys don't know about these garments, or there would be lines of them out the door at a pee in the pod, blowing allowance on gifts for their girlfriends. <laughs> I am from Connecticut, and I have a southern mother, which means I have doubled down in the modesty department. I still wear slips under dresses. I'm wearing one right now, in fact, you see? Um, <clears throat> and I believe in a good foundation. Do you guys know what a foundation is? Uh, not the stuff on your face, but the, the actual the girdle, the thing that you put together. To, yeah, anyway, all right, so. But all that died with the birth of my child, and I pulled you guys out with the circumspection of a female baboon. I answered the phone, I wrote emails, I cooked dinner, all with you hanging free in the wind. <laughs> At first, I'm sure you thought, oh, what is all this light? But now you barely feel a breeze when I walk past a window. I'm sorry I took your innocence. The truth is, in hindsight, I probably should have quit, but I was determined to breastfeed. It was best for baby, the cheerful women chorused, and you're a terrible mom if you don't. Their voices, their dicta, echoed in my head and shouted you down every time your searingly painful pleas reached my ears. After the crazy-making grandma brigade left, I stayed fucking committed. When Charlie nursed every two hours for 90 minutes, when she screamed with rage, still not full. <laughs> when she decided she only wanted one of you. When I was getting up at 3 a.m., even though my child slept through the night, to plug you into a torture device. <laughs> Breasts, my former friends. This is where the apology really, truly begins. Can you ever forgive me for the breast pump? The most demeaning, uncomfortable, and demoralizing invention of the modern world. I pumped and pumped, desperate for every drop, turning the amp all the way up. When that wasn't working, I rented a hospital-grade pump. 
that really hurt. And then my father died six weeks after Charlie was born. And I took you and the pump on a plane to Buffalo, New York in the winter. I was told I had to pump to keep up my supply. So I pumped at LAX, at O'Hare, at Buffalo Niagara International, throwing precious golden drops of your yield down airport bathroom sinks. I pumped at the funeral, upstairs in the nurse's office while my family ate fried chicken and collard greens downstairs. That is the black version of sitting Shiva. <laughs> you got your revenge though. I made more milk on that trip than I ever made at home, all for nothing. I was gone for 48 hours, and by the time I got back, Charlie had de developed a preference for the bottle as delivery system that she never truly got over. It's just so much fucking easier, mommy, her eyes seemed to say as she twisted away from the breast. When I replaced it with the bottle, she would gulp down gratefully. Jesus, mom, you know, grandma was right. We went to the pediatrician, whose grim face and carefully plotted weight graph finally forced me to give up the fight. Charlie had fallen to the 15th percentile for babies her age, which marks the first time in history that a camp woman has failed to gain weight. <laughs> Dr. Schramm said basically it had been a wonderful effort on my part, but that Charlie really needed formula to thrive, and thus began a gradual process of nursing less and pumping more. It's now four months later, and I'm still torturing you guys for the sake of my child, but way less than before. I'm leaving the writer's room every four hours to sit half naked in my office for 20 minutes, a scenario that should be fun and dirty, but it's not. <laughs> and the mini maxi pads that I wear to keep you from leaking all over the place might as well be made of sandpaper. But hang in there, my friends. Well, not literally, <laughs> don't start hanging yet. I'm still in my 30s, please. Um, we're almost done now. Charlie's eating solid food and you guys are slowing down. You're taking the decision away from me and I have to say I'm glad. No more foul tasting licorice tea. Has any of you had that? It's disgusting. No more swelling or pain. No more countdown in my head until I have to be home to pump like I got a work release from jail. In time, maybe you'll even be sexual objects again. Hell, maybe even I'll be a sexual object again. And you and me, we can all go back to being friends. I'd like that. Wouldn't you? Just one thing. You are a little bigger now, which frankly has made the whole family much happier. Could you guys stay this size? Thanks. For more information about Afterbirth, please visit www.afterbirthstories.com. Our new show, Not What I Signed Up For, will be at the Triad Theater in New York City on August 25th. For information and reservations, please visit www.triadnyc.com. Afterbirth will be back at MBAR and the corner of Fountain and Vine in Hollywood on September 24th. Please call 323-856-0036 for information and reservations. I hope you'll come. It's going to be a great show. <laughs>